Welcome back to The Lounge. Now, my special guest today is Felicia Jones of Stress Less Living, and she got in touch with us to talk about her services. And I will put a shout out there to anybody who does want to talk about your brilliant well-being services. Please, please give me a shout on NLive Radio. But welcome to The Lounge, Felicia. It's great to speak with you. Thanks, Audrey. Brilliant to be here. Oh, no, thank you so much. Now, please tell me all about Stress Less Living, because I think you've got a lot of really good concepts going on. How did it come about and what do you offer? Yeah, well, it's a little bit of a long story, but I think just explaining it might help somebody who's going through the same kind of thing. So I'd always kind of thought of myself as somebody who was pretty relaxed, really quite good with a stressless living kind of thing. But I also have an A-type personality. And so I'm quite good now at managing it. And I still have those tendencies to, you know, be goal orientated. But before I used to just push I'd go for things and there would be no off button. Mm. And so probably about eight years ago, I was completing a, a, my nutrition degree. I was also finishing a master's that I'd started a few years ago. I was working and I was doing some charitable work and lots of other things. It was really full on. And I thought, you know, I'm, I'm getting on, okay, I'm managing, but there were certain times that I just didn't feel so great and I wasn't managing. And about... I think it was a couple of months before I finished my degree. I just, I wasn't feeling well and I'd found a lump. I went in to um, be diagnosed and I found out I had breast cancer. Oh gosh. And so, yeah, so I had breast cancer. I went through the treatments and all of that. And then about a year after that, I'd recovered pretty well and I was getting back into things. I wasn't pushing myself, but I was getting back into things. But then my body started breaking down and I couldn't understand what was happening. I got to the stage where I couldn't walk. Oh I couldn't my goodness. Walk. My digestion was totally messed up. I couldn't eat anything. I was having not only brain fog, but having these electric flashes. And oh. then, um, you know, at night, and then um, I found out I had chronic fatigue syndrome. Oh no. That, you know, it was, it was from one kind of extreme then getting over it to the other and that was a really arduous journey so the cancer had been about a year and then this this just felt as if it was going on forever and so at that time I didn't I didn't didn't know really what to do completely but I knew I had my nutritional knowledge and and during the cancer treatment I'd, I'd finished my my nutritional degree so I, I knew about the nutrition I started applying as much as I could and that was effective to a point, but it wasn't everything. And the other thing that I did, which I will I often talk about, is that I took supplements because I thought, you know, these would give me better energy. This would help with all of these different processes. But my body wasn't able to metabolize anything. Oh. It's such a state that I actually almost ended up poisoning myself. And it was worse because I was taking these supplements and my body just couldn't process them. Oh my goodness. So I had to think, well, what else can I do? What else do I know about? And I'd been interested in stress management for years and I'd studied about it at university for a bit. And so I thought, oh, I, I understand a little bit about reducing the stress. And I'd been reading and looking at other people's um, videos when they were recovering and, you know, stress was a big component. And so I have a faith and I started applying things like, you know, I pray, I do meditation, I do yoga, restorative yoga, and I joined a writing group and a singing group, anything that could simply 
reduce that stress response. And then things started slowly improving and getting better. And I thought, you know, from that experience, I didn't know if I'd be able to work or how I'd be afterwards. And I, I thought that I was going to work in London. I had interviews all set up before. And I thought, well, you know, if that's not an option, what else can I do? And out of all of this really came stressless living. I love that. I mean, that's such a, it's a story of resilience and and change it was changing direction because when you were talking about being that type A, which I know a lot of us can relate to, we do often speak about how if we don't make time to stop, sometimes our body stops us. Mm-hmm. And in this case with you, actually it was it was something else. It wasn't, say, necessarily stress related, but it was the cancer that actually put a stop to everything and then the chronic fatigue syndrome as well on top of that and that must have been a real period of adjustment for you mindset wise how do you mind me asking just a little bit about what changes what shifts you had to make in the time of being uh, sick and recovering from that well first of all I I was just kind of stunned my body just stopped I used to be a runner well I am still a runner but you know I used to run a lot then and I couldn't walk and I had to actually it was just a really strange sensational dream I had to actually think how do I walk and so I remember there was a fence next to my house and I used to hold on to it and watch people and think how are they making their legs move because the cognition had all been distorted I didn't know how to walk I literally you know there were so many things that my body just stopped being able to do and so at first, I, I was really gung-ho. Oh, I know I'm going to try and beat this. I didn't have the energy to do it, but I'm going to find a solution. Mm. And then recognising, no, that isn't going to work. I'm going to really have to start from the beginning, slow down and train my brain or, or allow my brain to be healthy again. Yes. And, and it's really interesting just hearing the change in your voice when you talk about how you've had to rebuild almost from the ground up you've almost it feels like you've blossomed into a different person almost a different character a different mindset where you've learned to listen to yourself you've learned to trust in yourself and I think you're and I'm so glad you brought that up and thank you for sharing about the supplements there is something in us where we just think oh I'll just take that and I'll just deal with it but you've really had to listen to what your body's telling you to say no actually that isn't going to work for me but what is and with this new approach there's so much hope in there there's so much positivity but it comes with a sense of peace I I really feel from you I will say do you remember I said at the beginning I've got an A-type personality yeah that doesn't go away okay so it's raining in that in and that's adjusting I'm not having to do this all the time (gasps) And so that's what I'd say to anybody who's listening who, and I speak to so many people who have either had breakdowns or are just so highly stressed that they're not functioning. And then they recover from that and go straight back into it. Yeah. But it's, your body can't sustain that. Yes. And so now my body, there's a book that I love and it's it's, um, The Body Keeps the Score. I don't know if you've heard of that. No, but I'm going to read that now. One of my favourite books. And my body does 
if I'm pushing myself just a little bit too much now, I get symptoms, not as it was before, but I'll get reminders to say, you need to stop now, you need to rein this in. And it's not convenient. Sometimes it's not comfortable. Yes. No, I just, I won't, you know, like, for instance, this week, I knew that I had this on, and I've got something else this afternoon. So I've cleared my calendar. So it's not packed with lots of things. Whereas before, I'd be right, okay, I'm gonna get up, do this, do this, do that. I just don't do that. And I don't actually enjoy it. Yeah, yes. This is actually a huge lesson for leaders as they go back after the pandemic, because there's a tendency to book one meeting after another meeting because it's hybrid. So you can do it on Zoom and that kind of thing. But actually, we also need to remember that people have been through a lot. And Mm. as we come back to getting into the swing of things, we ourselves can't push ourselves as much as we would have wanted to or could have before. And your experience really embodies that. I think what you have to say as part of stress-less living will be really relevant, not just to individuals, but I think organizations out there who are wondering why things are not quite going back the way they were before everything happened. And we can all take a leaf out of out of your experience. So Tell me a little bit about the services that you offer. So now I do more group programs because I like the dynamics. I used to do one-to-ones, but now I do more groups because the dynamics of it work so well in that community. Yes. People connecting and people sharing experiences. And often when I worked with people on a singular basis, you feel so isolated. This is me. Nobody else is going through that. When you're working in groups, you recognise this is the human condition. Yeah. You know, people say to me, oh, you know, I never get stressed. And then they tell me about something. I'm like, you are stressed. Maybe, you know, you don't think it is, but you are. And so I do a lot of group work. I do a lot in public health, particularly with weight management. And I write for magazines, as I say, and I write for The Happy Hood, but some local magazines, national magazines. And I do that because that for me is a resource that people can access easily. And my website, I really like to, it's not a plug for my website, but I like to just put so much on there that's free because not everybody can afford it. Yes. Information that people can access. I do check the references. So, you know, it's not just coming out of my head. Um, They are evidence-based so that people have that available to them. But something else that's really important that is featured on your website is this healthy eating on a budget. And that caught my eye because of the current cost of living crisis. You see a lot of newspaper reports where it's almost easier to eat unhealthily because it's cheaper. And so could you help our listeners who may be struggling with eating healthily whilst trying to watch the pennies? Do you have any top tips or or things that you could suggest, please? Yeah. I mean, in terms of the healthy eating on a budget, it's something that I'm really passionate about. As I said, I've done a lot with public health, but it's also something that I talk to clients about all the time anyway, even before the cost of living crisis. And I start off by saying, look at planning. It's boring. (laughs) People often say, oh, I don't want to do that. I hate planning. But if you start looking at the foods that you like, that you eat and your family eat and having two to three meals, three to four meals that you can cook regularly, you're not wasting money. Because what often happens is people buy too much and waste it. So that's money going down the drain. So getting used to planning, having a shopping list 
And even going to the extent where you write down the cost of food next to the shopping item, and you might just think, oh, you know, I haven't got enough in my budget this week. I won't have meat. I'll have it every other week. And it, it really does help you just looking at that and the ingredients as well. Are there ingredients that you can use two or three times? So if you do want meat and you're going to have some mint, can you put it in a bolognese? Can you put it in a pasta dish? Can you put it in shepherd's pie or something like that? Planning is the first thing that I'd say. This is this is very interesting because for a lot of people, you like you said, planning, oh, I, I don't want to. But actually, it also frees up a lot of headspace because instead of keeping it all up in there, you've got it written down, you've got something to look at. So I think planning does a lot for us as well as keep us on top of our needs. Mm. That's, that's very helpful. What else might you suggest to somebody who... Okay, maybe they're really struggling to even sit down and plan in the first place. Do you have anything even more, almost just that immediate decision in that shop that they they could take? Yeah, well, I would come back to what are the foods that you like? And so you don't have to plan and make, you know, really huge lists, but just these are the four things that I know my family will always eat. So, So have those and have them on rotation every other week. You know that your family are going to eat that. You're not going to waste it. And then you can eat around there. You can you can change the product. So it could be that you have a different kind of brand of beans or legumes or something like that or tomatoes that are cheaper, but it's still what your family, you know, really like and really want to eat. That, again, is another thing that is helpful to recognise is really ask yourselves, what what do I genuinely enjoy because I know sometimes I might be eating something out of boredom and think I really want it but actually I I haven't enjoyed it it's just something to fill that gap of time or or whatever it might be so really recognizing what we enjoy means we're going to enjoy it more as well I was just thinking like when you go to the supermarket if you've got that list you know what you're going to get and it helps you to be disciplined otherwise you get all of these offers coming at you and it might be buy one get one free and you don't really want it but it's cheap And then you end up wasting because you're not going to use that. You know, if you get something and you think, this is what I know my family really is boring. I do the same thing all the time. I know they're going to. I'm not going to waste it. I'm not going to waste money. Yes. And that leads me on to my next question. Um, Working in your groups, you must speak to a lot of people. Are there some common mistakes that we make as well as things like, oh, there's a buy one, get one free offer. I must have it. And then it sits in the cupboard and we just don't eat it. And I could have saved my money and spent it on something else. What yeah. other things do we do we do without thinking sometimes? I think one of the main things that I come across, and I, I work for a weight management program as well, is people thinking healthy eating is boring. And if you look at the diet in the UK, uh, you know, it still amazes me. We have all of these different wonderful foods that we can eat but the breakfast generally it's cereal or toast butter and jam yeah each time it's a sandwich in the evening pasta or it could be you know meat and two veg still we haven't progressed that much there's a small population that may have but I think it's that we've got so used to eating certain things and there's a fear around food around what we don't know and what we you know maybe we'll do it wrong or we've done it wrong once and I'm not going to try that again. And so, yes. and when I say, you know, what what would you say healthy eating is? People say lettuce and tomatoes. That's so true. That's so true. Absolutely, because that's what you're told healthy is. 
but healthy literally means I, I start off saying well healthy is what you like first firstly and then secondly there's so many vegetables and there's so much fruit that has a lot of um, you know good minerals vitamins in them we've got beans we've got legumes we've got different spices we've got different herbs and so I really encourage people to try and introduce one to two different vegetables and I say vegetables more than fruit because you've got a lot of sugar in fruit but you know more vegetables than fruit but both of them one to two a month yeah yeah not something complicated because I have people say oh I tried that quinoa I didn't like it if you don't know how to cook it or you know if if it was something like tofu oh it all came out all like mashed if you don't know you need to dry it out first of all you're going to have a bad experience you're not going to want to do that again but simply things like you know trying some broccoli trying some cabbage trying some kale different varieties of potatoes and you know even if if you're making a potato dish then adding something like you know um celeriac or adding a, a sweet potato to it just so that you're getting more nutrients in in your foods or if you've got something like a meat like mint adding beans to it and having less of the mint and the other thing with that is recipes <laughs> yes simply yeah we're just like oh I'm going to make this tonight but it's like you know if you've got a recipe you've got a formula so whatever supermarket you use all of them on their websites will have healthy meal options to you know recipes for that so start looking at the shop that you like mm. and the recipes that they make and you know do it on um YouTube so you can yes. actually see how to make it properly now, you also, you've talked about your writing, but you write about the effect of stress on our diet, also on our ability to, to digest food and keep our digestion healthy. So the first question there is, why is that so important? Why do we need to understand that, almost that gut-brain connection? But also, can having a good gut help us manage stress? So it's, first of all, just a little bit about the the connection itself. But secondly, it how, how does the, a healthy gut help us manage stress yeah I mean I think that's really interesting because to be honest when I was studying and when I first went into practice I thought oh is there just too much hype around this whole gut issue there are all of these different conditions like SIBO and you know so um bacterial overgrowth we've talked about IBS and intestinal permeability and I, I thought you know is it just too much most people haven't got these kind of issues but then when I started you know researching well working with people more and particularly it wasn't just around people having digestive issues it was people that were having sleep problems people that were really stressed people had um, blood sugar um, issues I was actually seeing that when they started cleaning up their diet that improved people who had anxiety and depression. And it wasn't simply that, it was a lot more with the anxiety and depression. And this was more mild, I've got to say, it was more mild. Sure. But people felt that they had improved health generally mm. when they started improving their gut. So, you know, we're talking a lot about the microbiome and this environment, this healthy bacterial environment in our gut. And it is really important because if you think about all of our food, we ingest it mm. and then the main area that all the processing goes through is the gut and anything that's not used should be eliminated if we've got issues with the gut often those things aren't eliminated yes then it can actually be really harmful when it goes into the bloodstream 
if it, we have these tight junctions around our intestines, if they become loose, it can go into the bloodstream, then people can get things like autoimmune uh, disease. And we also, we know more now that we've got, I'll say, we don't know that much about the gut and, and the microbiome, but we do know that we've got immune, immune function in the gut as well. 70%, something like 70, 80% is actually in the gut. And so you've got this dual function of the um, the gut actually breaking down food so that they can feed our tissues, our brains, our organs, but also keeping us safe. Because if we're ingesting any microbes, if we're ingesting viruses or anything that's harmful, we've got our immune function to support that so that it doesn't actually get into the bloodstream. And so that gut environment is so important to keep us healthy. And, you know, I often say that it's almost like you've got a car that goes into a, a car wash. And if the gut isn't working well, it comes out dirtier than it was when it went in. Yes. Yes, yeah. that's that is fascinating. And I know we are really only scratching the surface of, of the gut microbiome. Um, but also with that, it's not just enough to have one of those yogurts, is it? It's not just enough to have a, a this has got good bacteria in it. We need to do more than that. Yeah, yeah. So when you're talking about the pre and the probiotic, so the, the prebiotics are actually feeding the gut bacteria and the, and the probiotics are cultivating that. We have to look at the strains as well. There's, you know, with the prebiotics, we can get that from food, but with the probiotics, it's similar to I said with the supplements. And I always talk like this because I work with the public, because I work in, in public health a lot. It's that we see these things advertised and it's all like, you know, go and buy this and it will help with your gut. Yes. But you have to know where it comes from, who's actually made it. A lot of them can contain sugar mm. and bacteria thrives on sugar. So we don't want those with a lot of, of you know, a lot of sugar in. So actually really kind of understanding um, the, the pre and the pri probiotics thing. So not getting too overzealous with that. Eating food. Yeah. Yes, you know, yes, yes. Eating simple foods and eating fiber, which allows food to actually you know help with that process of being eliminated actually starts supporting the gut environment and you know the way that the gut actually operates because I've worked with so many people that really have a lot of issues mm. because of constipation because of mm. diarrhea mm. and it and that has those other repercussions doesn't it because you're uncomfortable and then when you're thinking about that you can't think about anything else which means you're affecting your own performance and your enjoyment of of day-to-day -day living oh my goodness Felicia I could talk to you about this for all day this you are absolutely fascinating so if we want to go and find out more about you and and read your articles and uh, visit your website where do we find you please so I'm at stresslessliving.co.uk is my website and then on Facebook and on Instagram, it's Stressless Living. On LinkedIn, it's Stressless Living as well. Amazing. Thank you so much for joining me on the show. Yes, thank you. And that's all we have time for. But if you'd like to find out more, do go to my website, which is www.draudreyt.com and check out my articles, which give you practical tools to live your best life. Or you can go to my YouTube channel, which is Dr. Audrey Tang, Tools to Thrive.